Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. In the wake of the killing of Iran's top general, Qasem Soleimani, I'm talking about Iran's possible cyber retaliation. Who better to speak about that with than Tom Kellerman? He's the head of cybersecurity strategy with VMware. Tom, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me yet again. I wish there were better days. Well, just a few weeks ago, we spoke about the nation-state threat in general, somewhat about Iran in particular. What has changed since last week? Well, what has changed is we've ushered into an era where we're going to realize hybrid warfare. The Iranian government has stated that this was an act of war, and they have dramatically increased their capabilities in cyber, as evidenced by numerous reports over the past two years. And now they're going to essentially unleash the hounds. The real question that we have to ask ourselves is what form will it take? And more importantly, which group will leverage these attacks? Will it be the Iranian cyber army or whether it be groups like Hezbollah and Hamas or people who are sympathetic for the fact that the general is now a martyr? Tom, when you hear talk about cyber retaliation, what does that mean to you? It's very much going to focus on a hybrid manifestation, so it won't be limited to cyber retaliation. But cyber retaliation primarily would be retaliation against the integrity of data or destructive attacks against critical infrastructures that could disrupt physical real-world activities and or result in the death of American citizens by cyber. The sectors that are most vulnerable to this type of attack are energy, healthcare, and transportation, but then again, as we've seen in the past, they, they very much might attack the financial sector as a whole, uh, disrupting things like the value of time and or the, the capacity to move money between institutions. Tom, we've seen wiper malware in the past. You and I spoke not long ago about destructive attacks. How might a cyber response from Iran take shape, and what would be the signs of such an attack? So let's not focus on distributed denial of service attacks when we think of destruction. Let, let's focus on what happened to Aramco in Saudi Arabia years ago with Shamoon. Let's appreciate that you don't need to actually be on site with the USB key in order to insert said malware into a system anymore because all the resiliency efforts of the energy sector and other sectors have increased the cyber attack surface for remote access. Where I think the attacks will, will begin with, will begin within uh, backdoors that have been previously placed in systems or island hopping between systems that have already been previously compromised to target uh, the energy sector as a whole to disrupt the, the production of energy um, or electricity for that matter, uh, to target the transportation sector as it relates to air traffic control systems and to target emergency services and emergency management services within communities uh, prior to a physical act of terrorism or sabotage. These are what are phenomenon that I think are most likely and not limited to, again, the Iranian government. Um, these could be leveraged by Hezbollah and, and numerous uh, militias that they have financed and trained over the years. So, Tom, you talked about some of the critical infrastructure sectors, utilities, financial services, healthcare. What questions should the security leaders within those sectors be asking of themselves and their organizations today? Well, I'm hoping that the security leaders can have an immediate meeting, convene a meeting with the CEO, ASAP. Um, for too long, they, they've been hamstrung by budgetary shortfalls and human capital shortfalls. And this could very well be the moment for chief information security officers to elevate 
their stratagems within the organization. And to do that, I would hope that the CEOs begin to ask tougher questions of the chief information security officers. The proactive ones will have these answers. But number one, uh, do we have a cyber threat hunting team and are they actively conducting cyber threat hunting as we speak to identify any backdoors in our systems in which an adversary can move laterally or deploy a destructive piece of malware? Uh, two, um, do we have visibility into all of our endpoints, into all of our devices across our infrastructure? Uh, can you actually you know, beam into <laughs> or open up a, basically a shell into that device immediately to ascertain if there are any behavioral anomalies occurring? Now, three, um, did we actually integrate all of our security controls? Are they fully integrated right now? If not, what are our gaps and how do we double down on the manpower responsible for bridging those gaps? And then finally, who is our IR firm? or MDR firm on call right now? Have we spoken to them? Um, have we asked them to, to elevate their game uh, as we speak uh, because of the nature in which we have the US government as a major customer or because of the fact that uh, we are directly related to the service provision of, of technology in the energy sector, et cetera, et cetera. So Tom, we're talking here about organizations within critical infrastructure. What about enterprises, mid-market organizations that might not consider themselves traditional targets of nation-state actors? How should their behavior change and what questions should they ask? Well, I think reconnaissance of the adversary has been improved and they understand the interdependencies that exist within American society and business. They need to understand that on their website, they more than likely have a press release um, or a logo of a government agency or an energy sector participant or a financial sector entity, institution for that matter, that could make them a target. As we saw with VMware Carbon Black Data, 40% of the time island hopping is occurring. They will leverage attacks on your network and your infrastructure to leapfrog into your most significant customers and or government agency clients. And you should be very wary that if something nefarious does occur, against that entity and it emanates out of your infrastructure, you more than likely will be liable. And so you can't reside or hide behind the veil of plausible deniability or security through obscurity anymore because more than likely your marketing firm has already made you a target. Tom, you're around security leaders every day. You know that they're thoughtful, they're thorough people. What do they need to be extra careful not to overlook at this time of heightened crisis? Well, I'd say the results of their most recent cyber threat hunting exercise, the remediation timetables on those attack paths must be hardened immediately. And, and they should really be focusing on the misuse of trusted protocols to, to, in, to inherently allow for lateral movement. This goes beyond PowerShell. They should be focused on things like process hollowing and, and the misuse of WMI. And, and then they also should be paying attention to the fact that if they've had a recent breach or they have actually identified a command and control in their infrastructure, then more than likely there will be a secondary C2 on a sleep cycle. So they really should think twice about immediately terminating the primary command and control until they've identified the secondary C2 on a sleep cycle. Tom, you've had a few days to think about this. I've seen you all over television. How concerned are you about the U.S. government's and enterprises' readiness in the event of a nation-state attack from Iran. I'm very concerned. Uh, we are very much technologically dependent as, as a nation. Our lack of an industrial policy does, inhibits the, the U.S. government agencies that have the wherewithal and technical prowess to help private businesses from doing so. I think every 
business leader who is serious about this threat should call upon uh, the resources of the Department of Homeland Security that have been offered up for free to protect and insulate their, their, their infrastructure and to protect their customers from the destructive attacks that likely will begin in earnest in the next 24 hours. Um, the period of mourning is over, and I think the um, holy war in American cyberspace is yet to begin. Tom, how do you internalize this? What do you do differently in your role at VMware? Well, it's all hands on deck. Uh, right now, we have to be very conscious of, of protecting ourselves, and we actually have to be respectful of the capabilities, the stratagems, and, and the sophistication of our adversary. This is not the time for arrogance or ignorance. This is the time to, to make sure that we are doubling down on our efforts to conduct cyber threat hunting, um, that we are insulating applications from being commandeered, and then we deploy intrinsic security across our entire infrastructure. Intrinsic security, like we've been discussing for years, Tom, uh, is more than just intrusion suppression. We actually have to enhance our infrastructure and our applications all the way down to containers to protect themselves from these types of threats. So behavioral anomaly detection is paramount, and, and the inhibiting of lateral movement via micro-segmentation is actually quintessentially important in today's day and age. Tom, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight, and I, I can't say I look forward to talking to you again on this topic soon, but I suspect we will talk. Thank you so much. Thank you kindly. I appreciate it. Again, we've been talking about Iran's possible cyber retaliation. I've been speaking with Tom Kellerman, head of cybersecurity strategy with VMware. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>